Well, are we ready to get in the word this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are talking about the precious and powerful blood of Jesus. It is the foundation of our life. It's the foundation. It's what, it's what gives us. We exercise our right. We exercise our right. We, we hold up the blood. We plead the blood and say, listen, healing is mine because of the blood. Freedom is mine because of the blood. Right? The protection is mine. The precious and the powerful blood of Jesus. So let's go on with this. Let's jump over to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. You know, as I was sitting and just preparing, you know, how it's funny how I prepare because all week I just, I just kind of have all this stuff going on inside of me. And, you know, it's funny because many times the Lord will have me study other things. You know, I'm, I'm Mr. Regiment. So, you know, I read 12 chapters in the Bible a day and I do this and I do that. And, and when I read the 12 chapters, because I'm a studier, I turn my phone off. I have to sit away from all devices so I do not look up one Greek or Hebrew word. And I just read, you know, and, and, but, and then I listen to the word all the time. I have certain times that I like to pray and I'm very disciplined in many of these areas. But what's happening to me is how I'm studying now is I never know what. The thought of studying God's word on the subject that I want, that just sounds ridiculous to me. And I did that for so many years. Well, you know, you're preaching on the blood. You should be studying on the blood. And then over here, the Lord starts talking to me about something over here. And I'm, I'm trying to study over here, but you can't. It's like when you're trying to pray, but God's not stirring you in that area, right? You learn that to flow with him is wonderful. So many times, you know, I'll have, like today, I've whittled this down to 16 pages of notes. And uh, sometimes I have them, and sometimes the Lord will tell me, well, keep these at home. Other times, keep them in your car. Other times, use them and carry them around and then say a bunch of things that are not in your notes. And, and sometimes, you know, for a while I'm like, okay, Lord, so I had this time with you. It's like burning in my heart and then you go a different direction. What is that? You know? And sometimes he's like, you know what? That was just for you. Other times, the Spirit of God is moving. Why am I saying this? Because you're his child. Those that are born of God will be led by the Spirit of God. This is not a religion, right? This is not about what you do to be accepted by God. No, you're already accepted. Why? Because of what Jesus did. Right? This is about a relationship. And a relationship, have you noticed? Relationships flow. Right? When we go on vacation, we kind of flow. Some people go on vacation, it's like, okay, we're going to get up at this time, then we're going to go do this, then we're going to go do this. We kind of just go, you know, let, let's go do this, right? You know, one time we were in, in, in Hawaii, and we're sitting in a jacuzzi, and just minding our own business. We're leaving Hawaii in a couple days, and, and all of a sudden... We meet this young man who does some youth ministry in Minnesota, and he's like, he's like, oh yeah, my favorite thing to do here is jump out of an airplane off the North Shore. So my daughter just jump, almost jumps out of the jacuzzi and goes, Dad, 
you know, and, and so the next day she's jumping out of an airplane at 12,000 feet, you know. We don't plan this stuff. She's like, she wants me to jump out of an airplane. I'm like, I'm not jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. Are you kidding me? I want to be raptured, not reverse raptured, okay, you know? Anyway, have you found Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12? The blood, why am I saying this? Because the foundation of what the blood of Christ has done for you is your answer. It's your answer. It's when the enemy because realize this, sickness in your body, poverty and lack attacking you, all this stuff, he operates as an outlaw and he has no authority. So you take the name of Jesus and say no. Right? Those that received healing, you're like, hey, I've received it, I know I'm healed. So that healing power is working. It went to the core. It's driving out all, everything. So you just thank God for it. That's all, you, that's all it's necessary to do. If you want to know you're healed, here's the report. You want the doctor's report? Well, I don't have a practicing physician's report, but I do have the great physician's report, right? So, I mean, all these things. Hallelujah. But look at this. Hebrews chapter 9, as I was preparing, you know, so many times you're just like, I want to teach on something new. And it, you would laugh if you saw my outline because it has scriptures and then it has the same scriptures again and I'm like what and he's like no no we need to get this this part of this series is very important so it says this we I believe we read this last week Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12 it says neither by the blood of goats and calves but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place talking about the holy place in heaven the tabernacle not made with with hands having obtained eternal redemption for us he purchased our freedom in the greek language you could read it this way neither through the blood of goats and calves but through his own blood he entered in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption. It's eternal redemption. There is power in the blood of Jesus. I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus. So are you. That, that means you've been purchased, been purchased out of the delegated influence of darkness, and you've been brought over into the kingdom of God's dear son. You're safe. God's with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. The Holy Spirit of God dwells in you so that you can know those things that have been freely given to you, so that you can walk in the abundant Zoe life that Jesus came to give you. So therefore, I have faith in the blood. What that means is the highest level of faith is I rest in the blood. I'm at rest. I'm not trying to figure it out. I'm not, try, I'm, not, I'm not asking these questions, well, God, how are you going to heal my body? How are you going to change this? How are you going to restore my family? How are you going to turn this situation around? No, I'm at rest. I just know if he said he would do it, he'll do it. Amen? Amen. His blood, in other words, has produced perfect righteousness 
for you and I. Perfect. He was made to be sin for us. He was made, that word means he was made to bear our sin so that we would, it says made, the Greek word means so that we would come to be the very righteousness of God in him. It's not a progressive thing. You don't grow in righteousness. You'll never be more righteous than you were the moment you accepted Christ. Now, it'll seem like you're growing in righteousness as you grow in him, but all you're doing is you're becoming more aware of, how, of what that means in your life. And, and out of righteousness, if righteousness was a tree, it would produce the fruit of peace. It says, the fruit of righteousness shall be peace and quiet assurance forever, rest. So as you walk by faith, you're at rest. How does a Christian change their behavior? Do they work really hard to make sure they're doing what God said? No. We become more aware that we've been made righteous, and out of righteousness flows holiness. Things just fall off of you, and it's because of what the blood has done. It's time that we talk about the blood. A friend of mine, well, you know, Daniel Eric Groves was here. Or he was almost here. He, he had to stay there because every one of the pastoral staff in this large church got sick. And, and he was the only one that could preach. So he's calling me up. He's like, Pastor, is it, is it, can we just reschedule this? You know, and I told him, I said, you know, Daniel, yeah, go ahead and do what you got to do. I'll be fine. I'll go to counseling. And after several months, our church will recover, you know, from this devastating blow that you've dealt us. No. You know, but yeah, it's funny. But, you know, he was preaching at a large church growth organization. Or not preaching. He was going to lead worship. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of pastors from all over. And they, t- they pulled him off to the side right before and said, now, if you're going to sing any songs, uh, we don't sing any songs about the blood. So we'd want you to change the lyrics to love because we don't talk about the blood. Wow. I'm out. Bye. I'm talking about the blood, right? Because the blood has made me free. The power of sin has been broken off of our lives because of the blood. We've even seen in scriptures, and we're going to look at it again, sin consciousness has been broken because of the blood. It affects our conscience. That means all guilt and all shame has been broken off of your life because of the blood. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13 goes on to say, For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the, and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge, this Greek word literally means to cleanse, your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Purging your conscience. That's a new covenant blessing for us. That's amazing. When I read that and I look at my life and think of when I was a younger believer, how much trouble I had with my mind. It makes me realize, whoa, time out. No, no, this is 
This, this impacted me. You know, Satan makes things so hard if we don't rightly divide the word of God. He'll lie, he steals, he cheats, because he doesn't have any power. He's been stripped, right? We've been given the authority, but we've got to learn these things. In the New Testament, then, we see that the blood of Christ, it brings forgiveness and removes the sin consciousness. Yeah, but pastor, I'm, I live my life conscious of my, conscious of my sin. So that can't be true. No, no, it's true. So stop it. Stop beating yourself up. Start declaring what the word says. I'm not sin conscious. And you're like, well, what does that mean? Could you imagine getting up to preach in front of all you people in this? Now, if it was in a big auditorium when they're on a stage, and well, no big deal. But could you imagine if right now I'm preaching and my zipper was down? <laughs> and I knew it. I, I would be zipper conscious. <laughs> right? It would be hard for me. Now, I know this is funny, but I'm, I'm trying to get this point across. It would be funny. It sounds funny, but it would be horrible for me. Because it would be hard for me to focus on what I'm supposed to do, because I'm like, okay, what do I do? Do I have, okay, everybody, God's leading me to have everybody pray. Everybody, bow your head and close your eyes, right? Because I'd want to take care of that sin consciousness. But you know, people wake up in the morning feeling like a horrible sinner. They live their whole day feeling like, man, every every. Everywhere they go, everything they do, they're reminded of past failures. They're reminded of labels that people have put on them. They're reminded of things that have, been, have, that have happened to them. They're reminded of this, man, I keep falling in this area, or this addiction, or this and that. And God's saying, I have shed my blood. I didn't spill my blood. Nobody took my life. I gave my life, and I shed my blood so that you could be free from being conscious of sin. It's been removed. You have to see yourself as God sees you. This is so important. You are redeemed from sin and the guilt of sin and the shame of sin, which is sin consciousness. God wants you righteous conscious the blood of christ in your conscience we said this last week it produces a righteousness consciousness what does that mean that as i walk around i am conscious that i am the righteousness of almighty god in christ so satan you're under my feet you're not going to steal from me. You're not going to kill. You're not going to destroy. According to Proverbs 11:31, I believe it's verse 31, whatever you stole from me, I'm going to make you bring it back while I'm in the earth. The righteous will be recompensed in the earth. Right? So this is how I live. If symptoms attack my body, I stand and go, wait a minute. Nope. I plead the blood. 
If, if, if oppression starts trying to mess with my mind, I'm like, whoa, wait, whoa, no, 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 no. In righteousness, Isaiah 54, I'll be far from oppression. So oppression, you leave. You can't come near me. Right? We, we, we literally are conscious. I'm not putting up with it. The world cannot have my kids. The world can't have my grandkids. Nobody's going to come and break down my door and steal or violate anything in my house because I believe I'm righteous. There's angels that protect me, that provide for me. Right? So, so this is how we live. I live conscious that I've been made righteous. What that does is it will build your faith up to where you have a greater level of expectation. God not only wants to pay your electric bill, right? He wants to eradicate debt in your life. He wants to pour and get you into overflow so that your whole life now is, is walking by purpose, not by needs, so that you're a blessing to others, right? So many pastors pastor churches and they're up to here with worrying about finances and worrying about this and worrying about that and 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 gosh this church is never going to be able to come and be all that god wants it because you know nobody is giving nobody brother you're looking or sister you're looking at yourself or you're looking at people look to him this is his deal right when I was in the corporate world, when I'd go on a business trip, I was not worried that I was going to go hungry. Right? I was not worried that I wouldn't have a place to sleep because the company would pay for it. Guess what? You're all here on assignment. And that assignment is coming very close to being over. Right? But he'll take care of you. I love that about God. So we talked a little bit about, and we need to go back, the Lord is real big. You have to understand, in the King James Version, in, in all these translations, it'll use the word forgiveness. And that's great, that's part of what the blood did, but what the Greek word is, is remission. Remission. His blood didn't just forgive me, it remitted the sin. What that means is I'm forgiven and the penalty of the sin has been removed and the guilt and the shame of the sin has been removed. So not only am I forgiven, the penalty of it has been removed and the guilt and the shame of it has been removed. See, the guilt of sin, the shame of sin, it acts like a hook that drags you back into that behavior. And God said, my blood took care of that. Wow. So Colossians, let's look at this real quick. Colossians chapter 1 in verse 12. Colossians 1.12 says, giving thanks. Now in the Greek language it would read, giving thanks continually unto the Father, which has made us meet. In the Greek language, which has literally qualified us and made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. God 
made you. He's the one that qualified qualified you. That's how come he says, listen, you come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find grace to help. Come boldly. Listen, I've already qualified you. I was not qualified. See, I'm not qualified to receive anything from God because I'm a pastor. Well, I'm just the man of God. Oh my goodness. You don't even know who you are, brother. Seriously. No, no, no. No, listen, I have been qualified. Jesus shed his blood and it qualified me to be able to lay hold of the blessings of God that he's already provided for me. Giving thanks unto the Father continuously, which has qualified us and made us able to be partakers of the inheritance in the saints in light. Who hath delivered us from the power, the delegated authority of darkness, has translated or transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. And then it says this, in whom we have... It's a little, little weak in English. In the Greek language, you could really literally say, in whom we own and we possess sal- or redemption. We own it. We've possessed it. How? Because we're so good? No. Through his blood, and then here it is, even the forgiveness. It's the Greek word, remember this, aphesis. It's, it, it's, it means remitted. Even the remittance, that means the forgiveness, the cancellation of the penalty, and the removal of the guilt and shame. Man, has guilt and shame messed with me in my life. I look back at my life, and I'm like, wow, I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to put up with that. Inner, inner turmoil always produces interpersonal conflict so you remove the guilt and shame out of your own life and how you do that is you realize wait a minute the blood did that so so as i stand before god do you realize as god's looking at you today he's not mad at you and he's not basing that on your behavior he's basing that on jesus you've been given perfect righteousness Perfect redemption. You own it. It's yours. So because we own it, we've got to take possession of it. How do we do that? Well, through faith. Everything that God has given us through his grace, we possess through faith, which comes by hearing his word only. And that's the key. Hearing his word is not listening to his word. Man, I was a great listener. I'm so glad I started hearing it. Because when you hear on the inside of you, Tony, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. Tony, if you ask anything according to my will, I hear you. And if you know I hear you, you already have what you've asked me for. Tony, all my promises are yes in Christ and amen in him. See, when you start hearing that faith, you become fully persuaded that if he said it, he'll perform it. It's a done deal, right? The blood of Jesus, in other words, deals not only with sin, but sin consciousness. 
So here is the litmus test. God, you know, I'm not a science guy. I was telling Pastor Ed when we were having breakfast yesterday after the men's Bible study, and we just go fellowship, and we have a great time. And so we're fellowship, and I was telling him, I'm like, I don't even really know what a litmus test is, but God deals with me. He'll always tell me kind of, you know, have you ever seen litmus paper? Right, and you put it in, if it turns a certain color, it means something, I have no idea. So here's the litmus test. If you are sitting here conscious of your sin, you're not blood conscious. Don't beat yourself up. Just get blood conscious. Just change your mind. You know, we talk about repentance as this big thing. It means I'm changing my mind, my will, and my purpose. Right? For me, you know, I looked at my life like I was beating my head against the wall. I didn't realize that here's, here's the difference. Here's where I was, out of the will of God. Bam, bam, trying to be good enough. Here, and, and, here, and Satan's like, man, it's going to take you forever to get back in the will of God. You don't even know how to get there. And all I had to do was change my mind. Yeah, I'm tired of this. God, here I am. Now I'm in the perfect will of God. He's like, okay, let's go. Boy, if people knew that. Could it be that easy? It is. Could you walk free from addictions? Could they fall off of you? Could all things become new instantly? Yes, because of what the blood did for you before you were ever even born. And when you received Christ, you had no idea. But the moment you received Christ, the Holy Spirit came into you and he took out the spirit man that was dead and separated from him. He took him out. He's gone forever. Then he put a new spirit in you. And after he put a new spirit in you, the Holy Spirit came down and he literally made eternal residency in your heart. And he'll never leave you. And then he took the very love of God. He took something of himself and saturated your spirit with it. And you didn't realize this, but when all that was happening, he purged your conscience from guilt, from shame, from sin. It was purged by the blood of Christ. And we're going to preach this over and over and over until church services have to be three hours because you say four words and it's so good. People get up, run out, run around the church. We'll be, we'll be, it's like, you have a gym membership? You've lost weight? No, I just go to church, right? Man, I get my cardio in. We're going to have to have a protein shake bar. You know, who knows what we'll have to do. In other words, the death of Christ has the power to destroy everything that you and I used to be in Adam. That person is gone, and the Bible says that the whole earth is waiting for the children of God, the saints of God, to be manifested in this earth. Hallelujah. God's word is so good. Man, it's at times like this, I wish I was as dynamic as Bill Winston. He just has this voice. I'm like, wow. You know, when I get to preaching, my voice starts breaking and cracking. I'm like, wow, what the heck, you know? But there's anointing, right? There's anointing. But there's not anointing because of me. It's because it's the word. It's because Jesus is here, right? The blood of Christ speaks of the death of Christ for you. It speaks of his resurrection. 
It'll speak to you in dark moments. It'll say, listen, don't be concerned at what you're seeing or what you're feeling or what you're experiencing. My death, burial, and resurrection has paid the price and I'm right with you here in the fire and it won't kindle upon you. Oh, it looks hard, but don't worry. That river, that's not going to overtake you. That's what the blood will say to you. It speaks all the time. I love the fact that the blood speaks. Why do you think it says faith comes by hearing? Well, what's speaking? Well, the word's speaking. Yeah, let's go a little deeper. The blood is speaking through the word. Hallelujah. God the Father sees you in Christ. He sees you as you really are, and as you literally renew your mind with the Word of God, you will begin to see yourself as you really are, not as you seem. What, is, what do you mean as you seem? With your current behavior. What you're doing is not who you are, but the goal is for what you do to be who you are. But you know, you won't speak what you don't see. You can't move in a direction that you don't see. And that's why the word is the lamp to your feet. It's a light to your path. And the Holy Spirit will bring revelation of the word of God to your heart. So verse 20, it says, having, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. Reconcile means to call back into union. He made peace. He reconciled all things back to himself. How? By the, through, or through the blood of his cross. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now, now, hath. This is so funny. So it, it's for you right now, but the word hath is past tense. Yet now hath he reconciled. In other words, when Jesus hung on a cross and shed his blood, he reconciled you back to him. And his blood speaks every moment of every day of your life. Now, you're in union with me. You're in union with me. Don't beat yourself up. Don't think that some past mistake is going to affect your future. No, no, you're in union with me, God says, through his blood. Wow. It says here, how did he do it? Verse 22, in the body of his flesh, through death. Why did he do that? Why? Though his blood brought you back into union with him. Why? So that he would be able to present you you are right now, as you're sitting here, you're like, well, pastor, you don't know where I was last night. You don't know what, I don't care. I'm not talking about your temporal truth. I'm talking about your positional truth. I'm talking about the reality of who you are. He did this to present you in the presence of the Holy Father, the Holy God who is your dad. And he presents you holy. Holy. Right now, say this, I am holy, I am holy. Because, of the blood because of the blood 
of Christ. Also unblameable. To present you unblameable. That means you can't be blamed. So stop blaming yourself. Man, I'll tell you, when I started learning this, I'm like, this is too good to be true. Well, of course it is. It's called the gospel, which means something that's too good to be true. What did we have to do to get it? We just had to believe it. Wow. Isn't that amazing? It's that simple. Not only unblameable and holy, but unreprovable. That means not only, and I said this last week, not only unaccusable. This Greek word means you're unaccused. Man, I'm telling you, people are spending energy. Could you imagine the stress of somebody who's committed a crime and got caught, and here we are. Now it's time to go. I'm, I'm, I'm in either at the district court or, or, you know, depending on the crime, I'm at the federal court. The investigation's been done, and here we go. And man, you know, could you imagine how stressful that would be? Do you know what, actually, you can't imagine how stressful that is. Because if you're sin conscious, you live in that. You live like you're guilty. I'm here to tell you that's a lie. You're innocent. Because it's not, it's not that you're unaccusable. It literally, this Greek word means you're unaccused. Which means, could you imagine this guy comes into court and he's like all stressed. You know, what, what am I going to do if they take me out the back door? And I, and I have to start my sentence right now. What, what, I mean, what is, how's that going to impact my life? And he goes before the judge and the judge is like, sir, um, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, this is my court date. And the judge is kind of like, who is this guy? And he looks, he's like, what's your name? Well, my name's Tony. Okay, well, you know, you must be in the wrong court because... I don't have a file on you. And, 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 and if you wouldn't leave, he'd be like, Bailiff, can you, this guy's confused, can you just get him out of my court? Not only are you not, a, you're, you're unaccusable, this Greek word says, the blood that Jesus shed made you unaccused. It's all gone. Satan will come yelling and screaming in your ear. And he'll, he'll say, you know, look at this and look at this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You look at this. You're not going back far enough. You're saying I did this last Thursday. No, no, I need you to go back and look at A.D. 32. Because in A.D. 32, guess what? Try to find it. It's not there. God, if he looks up in his books, it's gone. When you realize that, now you're getting a taste of what it means that you've been made righteous. That's why we preach on the blood. Hallelujah. You know, I believe we're seeing a little bit more. I'm telling you, this is, you're, you'll be as wild as I am very quickly because he's so good. It's like we deal with this thing about, well, you know, God's really not first in my life. Why? Why would you not want that? It's amazing. Get out of jail, free card. I don't have that. I'm unaccused. 
That means, see, why, why did five loaves and two fishes feed close to 20,000 people, 5,000 men and their families? Because Jesus, wherever he went, the kingdom of God went. He was without sin, so there's no curse. There is literally no curse. Poverty and lack could not live in his life. And people will attack a prosperity message. Now, I, I'll give the people this. A lot of the prosperity message gets you looking at things, and it's done with wrong motives, and it's ridiculous. You know? but, but how could God not want you blessed? He's removed everything that could curse you. How could he not want you healed? You know? It doesn't, there's no stories in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John where Jesus got up and said, hey guys, you go ahead of me, man. I, I, you know, I, I, need to, I need to get myself together here. I'm not feeling good. I ate some of that. You know, we, we were over in Israel, and, and part of it they wanted to eat us, go to this restaurant and eat St. Peter's fish. Do you want it with the head or without the head? I'm like, without the head. I don't want that thing looking back at me, right? But you know, he never had an upset stomach, never had a headache. Why? How could he? How, how could he? He was sinless. But what did his blood do for you according to the word of God? It not only removed the sin, it removed the shame and the guilt. It removed the penalty. It removed everything. That means it's no longer there. Do you see how maybe we need to, when we talk about identity, right? I keep thinking of that thing that you sent me, Leanne. The funniest thing. So Leanne sends me this little picture of a puppy. And the puppy's just sitting there. And the sun must be behind the puppy because it casts a shadow that looks like Batman. And the puppy's like, holy C-R-A-P. I'm Batman. But we need to have one of those moments in the church because the Bible says we are the body of Christ. We are Jesus. Uh, you know, holy, wow, I am Jesus. I'm not just Tony. Satan, you're attacking. You know, you have sickness in your body. I love this. Father, I just received my healing today in my body. Oh, excuse me. It's your body. Ooh, you're attacking God's body? Wow. No, I'll just receive that, right? You could kick him in the face. That's okay. I don't like him. Do you know you belong to him? You've been made righteous. Hallelujah. Here's a big thing. Your inheritance is released to you when a death occurs. Do you know if you have a family member that dies... And you have, and, and they put you in their will. They have to die, but when they die, the, the inheritance is released to you. Do you realize that Jesus died? So your inheritance has already been released to you. And, and literally, Christians are living their life with this massive inheritance around them but they're not believing what the Bible said. They're just believing the circumstances of their life. But when you become sin con or when, when you become blood conscious, 
It'll produce a righteousness consciousness in you. It takes your faith to a higher level so that your expectation could, can grow. We need to grow. It widens the boundaries of your life so that you could receive and walk in all that God has for you. There was a lot of people that came up here for prayer that there was more for what just their needs were. I believe there was a stirring, there was a launching, there were some things. Hallelujah. You plead the blood of Christ and the blood speaks of a death that has taken place for you and your inheritance is released. That's how it works. You plead the blood of Christ. The blood speaks of the death that has taken place for you and your inheritance is released. Father, I receive. See, this is how come it says if you, if you ask anything. That word ask is the Greek word that means to call for, to require and make a demand for. It doesn't mean ask like I'm asking, you know, I'm asking and I'm hoping you give it to me. No, you're calling for what he's already said he's given you. Right? This produces a perfect righteousness in him. This is how you walk in your perfect righteousness. What do you do? You plead the blood of Christ. Father, this is happening in my life, and your word says you've already given me this answer. You've already provided this for me. So I'm pleading the blood of Christ, and the blood of Christ will speak. Does it speak to God? It speaks to you. It'll speak to you. And faith comes by hearing. And, you, and then your inheritance is released to you because you're in faith now. That's how you get in faith. We've taken faith in the blood out. And, and that's why so many know some scriptures and know a little bit about faith but aren't laying hold of anything. It's the blood. This speaks about a righteousness that I did not produce. Aren't you glad that you didn't produce your righteousness? You know why you should be glad? If you're in a little bit of pride today, let me just put your mind at ease. Let me answer that question. Because you would mess it up. Hello. Right? It's me. I know, at least I'm, okay, I'll just be nice. And I, I know for sure, I'm so glad that my righteousness is not based on me because I would mess it up. But Jesus will never mess it up. And it's all from him. So that means I'm always worthy to receive from him. Not because of me, because I would mess it up, but because of him. Anything good that's coming out of my life is because of him. That's why Paul said, listen, I am who I am by the grace of God. Right? This is huge. When Satan wants to bring up your past, tell him, he, he didn't go back far enough. You got to go back. Go, if you want to talk about my past, you got to go all the way back to my past, which is at the cross. Isn't that amazing? Verse 23, now remember, he did all this so that you would be holy, unblameable, and unaccusable. But pastor, why do so many Christians still walk in this nonsense. They blame themselves. They accuse themselves. They let other people accuse them. They, they walk with a behavior that's not holy. Why? Because all of this 
to walk this out. Verse 23, darn it. If, if, this word if makes our holiness, blamelessness, and unaccusableness conditional on us continuing in the faith. Now, does this mean that if I'm not in faith, then I am unholy and I'm blamable and accusable? No. You will just think you are. You'll be deceived. You'll think you're not worthy because you're not continuing in the faith. Because what does faith do? It, it, look at this. It, it grounds you. This Greek word literally talks about a foundation. This word is used in Matthew chapter 7, Luke chapter 6, when Jesus gave the parable of a man who built a house upon a rock. See, the house wasn't moved because it was founded. It was grounded. When you walk by faith, you have faith in the blood. You know who you are. You're going to be grounded that means you're on a foundation. You are fixed and immovable. Nothing's moving you. The Bible says in Luke chapter 6, the man dug deep, founded his house, built his house upon a rock. When the storms came, it didn't shake the house. Couldn't even shake it. And it says not only that, but you're also, when you walk by faith, you're settled. This Greek word settled means you are immovable. This, this, this word describes someone that is so well established that he cannot be moved from his faith in Christ. You can't move me. That means if he says I'm healed, I'm healed, and I'm going I'm to continue in the faith, and I'm not moving. I'm not moving. If he says, I'm prosperous and, he, and, and he is, his, my cup runs over and he'll meet all my needs, then that's where I'm standing. Yes. Yeah, but your checkbook doesn't say that. I don't care. Yes. I, I, I go deeper. I, I don't deal in facts. I deal in truth. Yes. And you hide and watch. Every, the truth will always change facts. Yes. And be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. See, this... See, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope, that's future. God wants you sitting here knowing that your future is good. Yeah. Have you ever been, you know, you've been, been attacked physically and you have some things going on and there's pain and there's weakness. God wants you to know it's not always going to be like this. You're coming out. Yeah. Financial trouble. Listen, it's not always going to be like this. Man, this needs to be preached to pastors. A friend of mine sent me this article. It's called Ghosted. You know, and he's getting all these comments about being ghosted. Pastors feel so sad because they're ghosted by people. You know, I never opened that attachment. All these comments, wow, that was the greatest article. I could totally relate. I don't want to relate. I want to relate to this. This is how come, man, I walk, I live in total bliss. Right now, now my flesh will give me some problems, but I keep my flesh under. I walk around going, everybody in this church loves me. You know, some people might come up to me and go, hey, Pat, did you notice? No, I refuse to notice. That person loves me. They just don't know it yet. 
They don't have enough. It's like being in sales. You know, I was a national sales manager. If you say no, it just means you need more information. It doesn't mean anything else. It's just more information. Why? Because we believe this. Start beating yourself. Have you ever done that? You'll beat yourself up more than you'll beat anybody else up. Right? We've got to stop that. You're unaccused because of the blood of Jesus. You have every right to walk in all that God has for you. You as parents have a right for your children to be taught of the Lord. You have a right for them to walk in peace. You have a right for them to increase because of you following God. I don't care where they're living. They could be living in Australia on the other side of the planet. God will send laborers. He'll work. He'll work. You won't have to do anything but just resting in the blood. And watch what God will do. Be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you've heard, which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Hallelujah.